Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer, a podcast series where our experts discuss the latest market developments and put the headlines in perspective to set you up for the coming day. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. My name is Olivier Maris. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich, and I'm delighted to be joined today by my colleagues Roman Canciani, our head of investment writing for an update on the market news, and Dario Messi from the fixed income research team for what he sees going on in the latest US government bonds market action. So let's get started. I'll hand it over to you, Roman, for the markets wrap. Uh, yes, good morning, everybody. Well, while uh, markets were closed in the US due to Independence Day, European stock markets, uh, especially in Switzerland and the UK, staged a little rally yesterday. The Eurostock 600 added 0.5% as bargain hunters stepped in after another week of declines, with energy and miners outperforming all other sectors as commodities recovered. Real estate overall was the clear underperformer in Europe. One of the main stories uh, was Uniper SE, which dropped by close to 30% as it became public that the German gas giant is in talks with the government over a potential bailout package of as much as 9 billion euros. The company, which is one of the biggest importers of Russian gas, had already said last week that it was in talks with the government to secure liquidity. But the main theme in the markets this morning is inflation once again. Australia's central bank delivered its first ever consecutive half percentage point interest rate hike and quickly that this will stoke bets for more aggressive interest rate hikes there too. It is therefore no surprise that US Treasury bonds find it difficult to defend last week's rally this morning in Asian futures trading. US two-year yields have jumped 11 basis points to 294, while 10-year yields are up about 7 basis points to 295 this morning. We'll have more on the fixed income markets with Dario later on. Inflation is also a hot topic in Asia this morning. South Korea's inflation hit its fastest clip since late 1998 in June, outstripping forecasts again and keeping pressure on the Bank of Korea to consider an outsized interest rate hike next week. On a more positive note, uh, with regard to inflation, China's Vice Premier Louis He apparently discussed the rolling back of some of the US trade sanctions and tariffs in a call with Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, which would probably scale back inflation expectations a bit. For those of you with access to our JP Insights app, we have added a talking point on this matter just a few minutes ago. A look at the scoreboard this morning shows a mixed picture in Asia, with the Japanese Nikkei closing firmly in the green, Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index hovering around yesterday's closing prices, and the Chinese onshore markets under pressure. European markets are expected to trade slightly higher during the first hours of trading, and US futures are pointing to a positive start of the trading week there too. In terms of data, look out for purchasing, ma purchasing manager indices from Sweden, Spain, Italy, France, Germany and the UK to find out more about the evolving inflation picture in Europe. That's it from me. Back to you, Olivier. Thank you very much for the roundup, Roman. And now over to you, Dario. What is your take on the latest market action in the US government bond space? Well, last week marked the end of the first half of 2022. Um, so let's maybe quickly have a recap first. So we have to conclude it was a very special half year in many aspects. No doubt it was a, a period overshadowed by, by very sad events. 
But uh, today I really want to concentrate on what happened on the fixed income market and then also on how the bond market positioned last week to start the second half of 2022. So let's start with the review. So first of all, we have to differentiate between two periods in the first half of this year. And we can roughly split it in, in Q1 and Q2. So in the first quarter, we experienced firsthand what it means when central banks acknowledge that bringing down inflation is priority. So the pivot of the Fed and later also by the ECB led to a remarkable increase in rate expectations by all the different market participants, but also by analysts. And with the prospects of rate hiking journeys, as um, ECB's Lagarde put it once, massive asset purchases by central banks, we experienced this massive repri repricing on the longer end um, as well. So yields went up very fast. The second quarter then turned out to be even bumpier. So inflation prints continued to come in extremely elevated levels. Uh, the Fed came with uh, big rate hikes and uh, the market started to wonder, is it maybe necessary for the central banks to actually provoke a recession in order to bring down aggregate demand and with it this price pressure that we are experiencing? Um, there are several reasons why this should not be the case. But the fact is, monetary tightening is a difficult task. At least this is what we, what history tells us. So in other words, while inflation was the own, one and only word, slowly but surely we also see this, or we saw this recession fears coming into play as well. And this is actually this combination what keeps volatility in bond markets so elevated. Um, in fact, there is a measure in the bond market um, that tracks implied volatility of U.S. Treasury futures. And um, yeah, just at this very moment and throughout last week, last month, it is at levels which we didn't see for years with the exception of a short period during the COVID outbreak. And this volatility is also exactly the reason why we don't think that investors are compensated adequately holding longer dated U.S. treasuries. Uh, it is true, treasuries have some very specific hatching features that are not found in other assets. Um, and even though we didn't see this as pronounced in the first half of 2022, it probably still works out following this massive, um, let's call it the uh, nominal adjustment. Um, this is also what we saw last week. So long-dated U.S. government bonds uh, uh, recouped some of, of the steep losses that we saw before. Um, for example, the, the closely followed yield of the 10-year U.S. Treasury is now at around 2.9%. And this is quite down from this temporary high of 3.5% uh, mid-June. This Friday, we get the labor market report in the US, so always followed closely by bond investors, especially if we see any signs of uh, sustained wage growth. So in other words, you can expect volatility uh, at this point in time really to, to remain high. So now when we look at the credit market, the credit market, corporate credit market has positioned itself for a mild recession or at least for a pronounced slowdown, um, but still, our ec economists expect the U.S. economy to generate low, but at the end, still positive growth rates. 
And from that perspective, we think there is still a good chance that credit spreads can compress again, at least somewhere in the medium term. And therefore, uh, we would keep our positioning at this point with a moderate credit risk exposure. That's it from my side. Back to you, Olivier. Many thanks for the insights, Dario. And with that, we conclude today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. Thank you to our speakers and thank you all for tuning in. We do hope that you join us again soon. You have been listening to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, or our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation, or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives, or other products, or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.